Hello, I'm James Batchelor, and you're listening to the GamesIndustry.biz podcast. I'm joined this week by Mike Biffle, indie developer pioneer. How are you doing? Pioneer. I like that. Pioneer. I thought, well, because you are something of a figurehead among indie developers, so I figured something other than just indie developer. I, yeah, I'd have to look it up, but I think I wasn't the first indie. I think there were a few. No, obviously no. Few Yes, but I like it. Thank you very much. Sorry, I need to learn how to take a compliment. Thank you very much. That's fine. Very kind introduction. Well, you're certainly trying to pioneer something different. Um, I'm talking to you today because uh, back in September last year, you surprised everyone by releasing Subsurface Circular, Mm -hmm. a text adventure that you had not announced you were working on that just suddenly came out and, hey, this is not only finished, but it's available on sale. And everyone thought, oh, that's quite cool. That was an interesting marketing technique. And then, lo and behold, you did it again. Yes. With Quarantine Circular. Yeah, it was fun to do. It's, um, yeah, we, we honestly, no one was more surprised by Subsurface Circular's success than me. Um, it was a weird little experiment that we did, um, mainly as kind of a, I guess, filling in some time, frankly, between other projects, um, kind of kind of side thing. Uh, and then people seemed to really dig it. And I, I think specifically people liked the way we talked about it. They liked that kind of straightforward, like, oh, there's a game that exists. Like, if you want to buy it, great kind of approach. Um, and I don't think it's right for every game. And I also think it's very specific to... You know, us having an audience and being able to do things that way as well. Um, but yeah, so when we when we knew we wanted to kind of take some of those ideas from subsurface and kind of fiddle more with them or improve on some things, experiment with other things, um, yeah, it made sense to take the same approach because it's what it's what worked and and it appears it's working again. So yeah, it's uh, it, it it's not. I don't think it's how we're going to do every game. Definitely not. But it's it seems to suit this very specific kind of small narrative game. Excellent. So, shamefully, we we didn't get in touch when you you did release Subsurface Circular. Um, I think we were in the midst of EGX prep or something, so we we had an excuse. I made a, a note of, of it. I made a note of it. You are on my I'm list. Sure. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> I'm lucky you're replying to my emails. <laughs> um, but just to backtrack, then, like, where did the idea come from to 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 essentially kind of surprise announce a game like the day that it was ready to go, and then why did you follow that up? So, I mean, it was basically we'd we'd had, like I said, we'd been kind of working on this side project, you know, playing with the idea of non-linear narrative and kind of branching stuff and, and giving the player kind of some options in narrative, which is something we've not done before in our games. Um, and then, uh, yeah, about three months in, we realized, no, this is actually quite good. Like, we, we, we probably could you know, reasonably kind of sell this and release this as a as a commercial product, which was ne- not necessarily uh, something we knew going in. Um, and then, it, yeah, it was a lot of conversations between me and my business partner, Alexander, about like, well, do we do, we do a traditional kind of PR, make a lot of noise, um, you know, do previews, take it to events, all this stuff, or do we just release it? Because with something like this, um, it was it was small. We knew it was small. We also knew as well that it maybe looked bigger than it was. Um, it's very easy, especially with subsurface. I think the same is true actually of quarantine as well. But with subsurface in particular, you know, you look at a screenshot of that game, and it's very easy to assume you're seeing like you know an RPG or a kind of a bigger game with lots of different environments and kind of sci-fi by its nature kind of inspires expectation and and therefore i was very worried about overhyping you know about about kind of people assuming this game was bigger than it was and then being disappointed uh when they realized it was quite a small little uh, contained experience so it really came down to that it came came down to 
I guess, managing expectations and just kind of trying to let people find the game on its own terms um, at a point where there were reviews, at a point where, you know, we could mediate the expectations and kind of be like, no, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a five to seven dollar, six dollar game, depending on when you buy it and which sales. Um, that's what it is. And it's, and, and that's okay. And that's something that you can enjoy on its own terms rather than the idea of if we announced it a month ahead of time, building up anticipation and expectation that would then pot potentially not match with the style of game we'd made. Because there's not many of this kind of game out there, these kind of these kind of very small narrative text adventure games, but with the 3D art and the kind of the, the visual flourishes we put into it. Like that's not an overly populated genre. And the games that are like that, the kind of the visual novel kind of things, are completely different in terms of like genre and content. So it's kind of it's it was we knew we were making something weird and we knew we had to kind of let the audience learn what that was on the go. Mm. <clears throat> with quarantine, obviously we knew we, we had set some expectations, but still, Subsurface is a niche game. Like, it's not, you know, it's not blown up into this massive thing that ev we can assume everyone's played. Um, so I had the similar kind of concern of, like, we know the Subsurface Circular audience is going to get what Quarantine is very quickly, but now we have, you know, cooler art and bigger environment and kind of all of these things, we're actually potentially going to run into the same problem we were worried about with Subsurface, where people are going to look at it and assume it's a bigger game. You know, and we've had... It's definitely been a trend I've noticing with quarantine. A lot of the Steam reviews and stuff are comparing it to you know things like Mass Effect because I, I guess because of the aesthetic and because of Aliens and actually there's some of the Mass Effect artists worked on it, um, and that kind of has created something that again like could that have stewed for a couple of months and become an expectation that we couldn't meet. So yeah, it was it was all about that really and. Thankfully, we have the luxury that we can make a noise at launch and that will get traction because our you know, previous games are known and, and people kind of follow us. So it's that worked quite well. But I, I don't think it's necessarily an approach that's repeatable by, you know, smaller devs or, you know, if this is your first game, please don't launch it like this. That's a terrible idea. Um, but for us, it made it made a lot of sense. And also it meant I, I didn't have to go to any events and, and demo the game for two days straight, which was really nice. Nice. So you basically less work for you. Basically, there's laziness. It's <laughs> la you've, you've 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 cut to the bone. It's laziness. Yeah, it's absolutely laziness. <laughs> we'll go back to the um, the length of the game later because that's definitely something I want to talk mm. about. But again, like kind of looking at this kind of shorter launch and the shorter build up, like you say, you're kind of in um, in a pri privileged position where you you have the audience. You can do this. You're like, you know, new game from Mike Biffle's team. Bang! People are going to pay attention. As you say, it's, it's not advisable for new indies, but it does. Even so, it does kind of fly in the face of so many indies spend their time marketing games from like pretty much from announcement, particularly like crowdfunded ones. Mm. Like you're marketing your game, you're promoting your game from the moment you before you've even started building it. For sure. I mean, I, I know indies that you know are, are still working on their game that they've been talking about for three, four years, which is fine. <laughs> I've got several friends in that position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it means that you're in danger that by the time the game comes out the game almost feels like old news. I mm -hmm. Is that a danger, a genuine danger, that if you're marketing for too long, your your game is already old news before it's even released? It's a risk. It's a risk. And I, I think there are there are games that have been potentially overexposed at this point that like maybe your average punter thinks have already come out. Um, definitely I've, I've encountered that with, with indie games coming out where I'm like, I've, I, I thought this came out two years ago. Like, this is weird. Um, but on the press side as well, I definitely I know I've got friends who've 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 
had good press but now struggle to get more press until release because frankly games websites don't want to keep covering the same kind of game at a preview stage like that's that's a that's a tough one um i think it depends you know i think it depends it depends a great deal as well on like the budget of the game and the scale because that's the other aspect of if you're if you are making a game over five years it's not just that you're trying to keep interesting for five years it's the costs of mounting, right? You're paying your your team. You're hopefully you're paying your team. Um, if you're 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 spending a lot of money going to events, you're doing your 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 game is 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 accruing quite a bit of debt, which you are hoping obviously to kind of pay off when you when you sell your game. Um, so I can imagine the pressure builds up more, more and more. I mean, I even remember that volume. I think we worked on for three three and a half years, maybe three. But that but that was like again that was you know quite expensive and therefore there is that fear going into launch of like well we have to do everything we can to market this because we have to sell lots of copies you know subsurface made its money back in the first week because it was frankly incredibly cheap to make you know um because we'd only spent four months on it so it's that kind of there's that aspect to it as well is the longer you've been hearing about an indie game probably that dev team has a, a higher required earning once the game comes out um which i think often people don't necessarily kind of consider in their mental maths of how games do are there studios out there though? And feel free to name and shame if you if you. Want to name and shame. <laughs> I definitely like, won't name and shame. <laughs> Not name and shame, but like feel free to kind of you know, give a shout out to. It. Are there indie developers out there who you think could use this? Almost, um, you know, say they're working on a larger indie game project, and they they need a little something just kind of almost like a little cash injection mm -hmm. or just a little bit of kind of um, attention while they're working on the larger game to release this kind of shorter experimental game do a kind of surprise announce and then that money help fund that bigger are there studios out there that uh, that could experiment with this um i think there are I, I don't you know i don't frankly i don't have the insight into how other people run their companies to kind of comment specifically on anyone but there's um there's definitely it's something i remember from working i used to work at blitz games which which was the the Leamington studio, the Oliver Twins um, uh, ran for I think t over twenty years, um, and one of the ways that company stayed in business was they had a you know staff of two hundred people, but those people would be bounced around lots of simultaneous projects um, because in game development you don't need everyone on the team constantly working on the game. You know, there's people who you need towards the start of a project, there's people you need towards the end of a project. Anyone who's ever managed a, pro a video game development project knows this. So I think there are these weird gaps in game development where you do have people twiddling their thumbs. You know, if they're full-time employees, then they're going to be sat there waiting for something to do. And that's great. That can be used for training or other purposes. But something like this uh, could work. That's where Subsurface came from. Subsurface didn't come out of, you know, an altruistic or creative objective. It came out of the fact that I had some really good artists sitting around and me and we had not got an enormous amount of stuff to do for four months because we were waiting on various other kind of contractual businessy things. And you, I looked around at the team I had and I said, okay, well, well, I can write something. I don't have time to like do any voice direction or anything on it. I can write text though at quite a good speed. And I've got these really good artists. What can we make that's very art and text heavy? Uh, and that's where Subsurface came from. So I think there's there is that there are these kind of downtimes in game development. You know, especially when you're working with partners and you know contractual negotiation stuff takes a while. You know, you you find yourself in these weird these weird pockets of time. So yeah, I think if anything, I think that's the lesson to take from this is that there there this is one way of using that time, um, and it still has you know good training outcomes. I'm presumably hopefully a better writer. For having written two games in a year you know that's that's hopefully that's skills that i take into my next project 
Um, likewise mm. with my artists, you know, they've they've been practicing different skills. So I think there is a yeah, I think there's I think there's a benefit, but yeah, I wouldn't presume to tell anyone specific. But yeah, I think there's 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 always these gaps, and and maybe 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 this proves that you can make something that the audience won't hate, <laughs> you know, in a short amount of time, as long as you're honest with the audience about what that scope is. I think it also spoke to something. I was I interviewed um, Tim Schafer re- uh, recently oh, yeah. back at EGX Res, and um, yeah, amazing man to meet. And he was talking about you know like kind of passing on his own experiences and stuff. And he was saying that the the trick is not depending on this big one one game hit, yeah. and then building your reputation from that. It's from building up this portfolio of games that over time not only sustains your business but also builds your, your reputation. And then when obviously Quarantine Circular came out, it's like actually that's quite a good way of doing it is is if you if you release these shorter games, if that's something that you're in the position to do, then yeah, as you say, you're you're adding to your portfolio. You've got a larger catalogue, and you can slowly build up your reputation. Yeah, and I mean that's been my that's been my play now for five years. I might even have done that based on advice from Tim. Thinking about it, like it's entirely <laughs> possible he's the guy who made me start thinking in that way. Um, but yeah, I, I remember after Thomas. Uh, sorry, Thomas was alone, which was the thing that kind of set me off with my own side. I'd worked in games for years before that, but that was the one that kind of gave me the the independence. I remember after that, a lot of very smart people telling me like, "Well done, you made one of those games that's good, that's blown up and is it's is a big thing. You won't have that every time, so be smart and be careful." And and yeah, as you say, build a reputation with lots of games. I mean, we've shipped. I think quarantines like our our fifth game as an indie studio in in the five years that since Thomas was alone came out so that's you know that's a that's a that's a quite a good rate you know and that, I think that does that it, it frankly keeps the lights on keeps the money flowing in a way that allows us to keep doing stuff um my whole thing is survival it's just like basically everyone I've seen be successful in the games industry has just lasted long enough to have one of those hits happen or you know, or maybe two of those hits happen. Um, a good example of this, um, and I, I hope this isn't. I hope this. I hope this is taken as a compliment rather than it's, it might sound like a criticism, but it's definitely a compliment. Is someone like uh, Braben, right, who made these awesome games way back when, and like the Oliver Twins, invested in a good, solid, stable studio that ran and ran and ran, doing lots of licensed stuff, and then made Elite Dangerous, and that blew up, and he was there and ready for that when it happened. And his studio now is making awesome, massive, cool stuff. And they've had a couple of really big hits in a row. That's the smart play. That's how you have a career. Rather than trying to kind of race from mega hit to mega hit. Which, unless you're David Bowie, doesn't doesn't really happen. And even David Bowie had like the 90s. You know, so there's, there's a... Yeah. I don't think there is this kind of... I, I think, yeah. I think the, that's how you survive and last. I mean, that's, that's why Tim Schafer's still around. That's why... A lot of the industry legends that are still around and making games, if you look at what they've done, they, they've they've made you know somewhat conservative decisions. They've made careful choices. They've 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 focused on the people they work with and making sure that the company runs well. And then they've been ready for when something blows up. And that's that's kind of that's what I'm hoping we can do as well. I want to be around making games for many many years to come. Nice. And um, we're looking at then at the the length of uh, both subsurface and quarantine circular. I, as you say, like the the 
when you were kind of promoting this game you, or deciding how you were going to promote this game, mm-hmm. you're very conscious of how short they are and the the implication that if people look at it and expect a massive game and then get a short game, people people have this weird, and by people I mean some consumers, mm-hmm. this weird perception of value based on length of game. Sure, yeah. Like, yeah. which honestly, frankly, annoys me at this stage because this is why, this is why we're getting AAA games that are 40 hours longer than they need to be. Yeah, I know, I've never come out opinion. of a movie and said that film was too short, I want my money back. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's never... Yeah, I. but I get it. Like, And frankly, I... Yeah, sorry, I'm interrupting you, but I, I get why people feel that way. Like, you know, if you're... It is it is an entertainment product you're paying for, and I think there it is... I remember being a kid. I remember, like, having to make choices as a kid of, like, okay, I'm going to buy Deus Ex because that's going to take me 20 hours, 30 hours. Um, whereas if I buy this... You know, first person shooter that lasts four hours. I'll have fun, but then I'll be. I, I, I'm not going to have the money to buy anything else for a year, for a, for a year, for a month. Um, I remember that being a thing, and I, I so I don't mind people being budget conscious. Yeah, no, I get that, but I, I guess for some people now, and maybe you know, it's dependent on lifestyle and so forth. And, you know, maybe sure. this is this is some of us avid gamers getting old. But, like <laughs> I personally, I look at Deus Ex thinking, great. I'm never going to play that because it will take me 20 hours mm-hmm. to complete and I play it an hour a week if I'm lucky. So the idea of these shorter games, these these um, much more digestible pieces coming out, like it really, personally really appeals to me. Is there... I mean, well, you, you know, does the, the success of Subsurface and, and Quarantine, because that show that there is an appetite out there for these shorter games? There definitely seems to be, and specifically among the hardcore, actually. We've done... You know, Subsurface does really well in the places where the hardcore, where I would call more hardcore gaming audiences tend to congregate. And in our Steam reviews, like especially, like Steam reviews, a lot of them make reference to like, it's really cool that you play this with the mouse because it means I can have a baby over my other shoulder while I'm playing and stuff like that. Um, that was a part of it. That was definitely a part of when we were thinking about like, because you know we 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 talked about uh, you know we had this cool mechanic of the dialogue system and we we knew it would only be fun for maybe an hour and a half two hours before it started to get dull. So we knew we were making a short game and one of the conversations we had when we were trying to work out so who's this for then um, was us looking around at you know I haven't got kids yet but like a lot of my friends do and they are always too busy to play anything. And, and therefore yes. making something for them. Because you don't, when you have kids, you don't suddenly just want to play Bejeweled, right? You want to keep playing the stuff that you, you like. So the big story games, the big kind of uh, production value epics. But maybe, yeah, maybe maybe you don't, you, you do have that, that, that fear. I, I don't really play many RPGs anymore. I don't have the time to do that. Um, and that's just because I'm busy with work. But like people who have like actual grown up lives, um, you know, they definitely, they definitely need the time. So yeah, there's there's an audience there. There's an audience who who've played our game as a result of that. Um, there's a very angry dog outside my window. I don't know if you're hearing that. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so it's 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 made sense for us to target that audience. Um, we don't know how big that audience is yet, and I think we can't necessarily assume that you know everyone who's in that audience has bought. Um, our game, but I think it is very telling. I think even if you look at something like Fortnite or um, or Battle Royale or any of those those games, it's really telling that those games are quicker um, than the big MMOs that preceded them. You know, there it is very telling that session length is getting shorter, um, and I think that's that's very interesting. That that to me implies an aging audience who wants you know 
bang for their buck, but who actually, you know, wants the opposite of, you know, time spent. They actually want to get as much value out of an hour playing a game as they can. And I, I do like our value to hour ratio. Like, I like how much stuff you get in an hour of subsurface or quarantine. And, and it's been cool seeing the audience react that way. Yeah, well, certainly as a as a dad, that's something I can, I can agree with. Like, you know, I... <laughs> I'm relishing the fact that there are games that, you know, Florence I could complete mm-hmm. in a day, um, albeit scattered throughout the day. You know, what remains of Evith Finch I did in two sittings. What I love is um, on the Steam page for Quarantine Circular, you say this is a game designed to be to, to be played in one sitting or, mm-hmm. or finished in one sitting. What do you consider a sitting to be? Like, is that <laughs> am I looking at half an hour, an hour... Um, I think, well, definitely with Subsurface, it's around two hours long. I think Quarantine, we try not to say the hours because then that becomes a thing, but it, I would say Quarantine's similar. Maybe a, I yeah. think maybe a few minutes shorter, potentially, just because we streamlined some of the dialogue better than we did in Subsurface. Um, but yeah, it's around it's around around that kind of... Two, somewhere between an hour and a half to two hours is where both of the games kind of sit. Because to be completely blunt, because that's what's fun for that gameplay. You know, you don't want mm. more than that. And that's got to really tighten up your your game design and your writing. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking because like, the amount of certainly some of the AAA games they feel padded out. Mm. Um, it's like right, we need to add an extra however many hours of content here. Let's send them off on a massive long side quest or something. And obviously, you can't really grind in a text adventure. But <laughs> even so, you've got like yeah, you know, the pacing of your story. You can't just suddenly send the hero off on some random quest just to add an extra hour like no. presumably you've got to be quite focused that's true i mean there are definitely there's definitely arguments for giving people an opportunity to let off steam like subsurface one of the cool things in subsurface that we we didn't really work out how to do properly in quarantine but one of the, it's nice in subsurface is that there's these these characters called listeners who you can have kind of jokey conversations with um and that was just a really nice way of players laying off steam because it's kind of an intense story subsurface you know you're playing a detective noir adventure being able to go off and like sing hamilton lyrics at a robot just <laughs> on the side kind of worked quite nicely but yeah you're you're right it does it has to be focused you know it has to be uh specific there's no time for weird stuff and you are you know obviously when you're when you're writing and designing something like that you are thinking in these kind of okay i've got you know in our in these in both games there's seven chapters so it's like okay so i've got maybe 10 to 15 minutes in each chapter um okay what can i get done in 15 minutes you know and it's it is it is it's it's tight and you're doing little trades with yourself of like well if i can trim two minutes off here then i can give myself two minutes on that somewhere else um so yeah it's 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 it, it is precise. What I would say as well, though, is is for me, it's definitely been more writing than any other thing we've done, purely because the whole game is just text. So there is essentially for each game, I'm having to write a novel. Um, so it's a significant amount of work uh, compared to other games where obviously narrative is something that kind of dips in around gameplay. This is all narrative all the time. So that's that that's been intense to write, but but definitely the players seem to like the pace of that, and that there is that much stuff there uh, story wise for them. When you find yourself writing a text adventure, do you start limiting yourself on how many kind of branches you're going to create? I, yeah. I ask this because you say like, you know, writing it felt like writing a novel. Instantly, I'm thinking of 80 Days, which honestly feels like five or six novels. Oh, yeah, I've that's done five or six profoundly trips. massive, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I guess I guess when you're write, writing this sort of game, you're kind of right, right, do I want to write you know, 10 volumes of War and Peace? Or do I want to keep it quite focused? Yeah, yeah. You have to you with with this. I mean, subsurface. I went in very blind because we hadn't done it before. 
So subsurface actually, in terms of how much branching there is in subsurface, it's actually kind of light. Like subsurface, you're you're uh, you're kind of you're playing in the moment. You're not making big choices that have big effects later on. You're mainly just kind of playing with how you're going to represent yourself in this world. The game is tracking some of those things you're doing, but most of it is kind of fun moment-to-moment -moment stuff. You're choosing your favorite one-liner to give in a moment, and that's 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 cool, and that that works on its own terms. Um, but that's not much branching. That's kind of uh, you know, string of pearls is the is what people tend to refer to it as. So you're kind of making a little choice, which branches out for a moment, then comes right back on itself. Um, with quarantine, definitely there was the goal to be more free for the player, um, but that requires yes, many many more options. So quarantine is much bigger, even though it takes about the same runtime for a player to get through. There's a lot more to it. There's complete different scenes there's different chapters you can see based on choices you've made that other players just won't see in their playthrough um there's enormous amounts of branching but even then when we do that those individual scenes that are we know are like a one in three of you seeing this particular scene those have less branching within them because you know we know that like we need to spend our time on the stuff that's more likely to be seen mm, so it's always a yeah. trade-off um, but it's, yeah, just getting that right for the player. So the player feels that they're having an impact has been really fun. And, and I think quarantine, we're more successful with that than we were with subsurface. So say I'm an indie developer listening to this very podcast yeah. and I'm thinking of doing a shorter game. What advice do you have on kind of how to, to limit the scope, how to avoid feature creep, how to basically how to make sure something is short and, and concise? Like what's your advice for them? Um, my, my advice is to be concise and commit to that very quickly and make choices, make creative choices based on that. Um, it's For me, it's the difference between art and design. Is Art is when you just kind of do something that feels right and is great. Design is, okay, we only have this much wood, how do we make shelf? Um, it's a very specific difference in process. And I'm definitely a designer rather than an artist in how I approach this stuff. Um, I always use the example of um, Kevin Smith making clerks, where he had the place, he, the, the the convenience store he worked in, uh, and the video store. I think he worked in the video store, but the convenience shop was owned by the same guy, so he could kind of get access to those, but only at night. So he had to come up with a plot contrivance very early in the film. He can't get the shutter up, so that becomes a joke in the film that the shutter won't go up, which is a great way of a explaining it's dark and B, gives you a nice little comic moment that you can then spin out throughout the whole movie as people asking why the shutter's closed. Um, that, that's the kind of approach, is turn every limitation you have into a potential success. Um, with Subsurface, we didn't have VO, and we didn't have uh, any kind of idea of how to do the facial animation cheaply, so we made the entire game about robots talking via text with no faces, and there are jokes throughout the game about how no one's got a face and no one's talking. Um, and that works nicely and we turn that into a strength. Also, we knew with subsurface we had a limited, we couldn't do much animation, so we needed characters to be sat down. Okay, where do characters sit down in a confined space? Okay, so the game's entirely about a train, you know, and then you make that part of the plot and part of the mechanics. So you make the choices where you're, the choices you're making that shrink the game down, make those core to the opportunities you're presenting to yourself and to the player in terms of it being cool. With quarantine, same thing. Quarantine, we had we knew we wanted to do some facial animation, but we knew we couldn't afford to do full facial animation. Okay, so there's an alien, and we'll give the alien facial animation, but everyone else is wearing a helmet. 
okay, that's fine. That we can we can contain that, and then we can play off of that. And okay, why why are humans wearing a helmet? Okay, well, I guess there's a there's some kind of thing. It's a hazmat suit they're in. Okay, so a plague, and that whole story kind of grows up from um, those limitations you're working under. And I think that's much easier than going. Let's make an awesome game. Okay, how do we cut? How do we make that cheap? I, I think I think start with the concept. You are making something cheap. And then work out how to make the coolest thing you can within those confines rather than the other way around. Nice. Excellent. Mike, thank you so much for your time today. That's been fantastic. No worries at all. Um, I'm assuming you're now going to be working hard on what's the next circular, I guess. We've done subsurface quarantine. Like I, This is certainly a format that you, it seems like you'd want to go back to at some point when you next have downtime. I think that's the thing. For us, Like it's not... We've been. I think we've been pretty straightforward with everyone because that's 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 clearly how we've been talking about the short games in general. I don't. I don't think people shouldn't be necessarily expecting one straight away. But yeah, they will. They will fall into gaps between bigger projects for us. We did two back to back here, frankly, because we were shocked by how well Subsurface did, and we really wanted to make another one and fix some of the problems we had with <laughs> with Subsurface in it. Um, now that's done. Yeah, it's it's something we'll return to as and when it makes sense, um, and. Yeah, got plenty of ideas within the team for what we want to do next with that with that idea and how we can next use the word circular in a way that's amusing. Great. Well, uh, best best of luck with the uh, next projects, both big and small. Thanks, man. Um, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another episode uh, in the meantime feel free to go back and listen to all our previous episodes they're not overly time sensitive except for the last couple of uh, E3 episodes that we've just done if you're not bored of E3 opinion pieces just yet give, uh, give those a listen you can find all of those and all your news insight and analysis into the world behind video games over at gamesindustry.biz mm-hmm.